otherwise on SAFM. And welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala, my producer Hazel Makuzeni, and we have two technical producers, Keith John and Kim Thurtell. You may reach us on 0892-102010 or email shadow at safm.co.za, and that's shadow without the W at safm.co.za. And all our programs are available as a podcast on www.safm.co.za. Now, my guest is Executive Director of the South African Responsible Gambling Foundation, Nana Mahomula, who joins us from our Johannesburg studios. Otherwise, on SAFM. Nana, welcome. Thank you very much, Sarah, and thanks for the opportunity. It is so great to be talking to you from Johannesburg, and I'm in Cape Town. Haven't seen you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks like you've been busy with very important things. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope now, so. Mm. Your, your foundation, the Responsible Gambling Foundation, has been in existence since the year 2000. Yeah. Can you give us a bit of a background and highlights of the past 13 years? Okay. All right. The, the foundation was formed, as you say, in 2000, and we run a program called the National Responsible Gambling Program mm-hmm. where we educate gamblers, potential gamblers, and the society at large about responsible gambling. Mm-hmm. What we are trying to do here is to get people to understand that gambling is for entertainment only and not for spending money or time gambling more than one can afford. So you don't go to the, ga- to the casinos to go and make money, but really for entertainment. Well, you wish. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> when I see that, when I hear that machine go, then I think, no, 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 it is about making money, is it not? Uh, well, look, you do win money. But mm. as I said earlier, people should understand that you should not spend more money than you can afford True. or more time than you can time than you can afford. You know, when you go for, to the movies, you don't spend the whole day in the movies. Mm-hmm. You don't see the movies seven times to a point where you don't have more money. Mm-hmm. So the idea is go out, enjoy gambling, but understand that you should only use the money, disposable income, one should say. Mm-hmm. Now, over the 13 years again, have, are there highlights of just really interesting, has there been research to say that since you started, uh, uh, gambling is not much of a problem as it used to be? Uh, look, uh, it was a awareness, I should say, from my predecessors to say once you start opening up a gambling uh, 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 casinos and other forms of gambling, mm-hmm. people will want to do exactly what I said we should not do. So the idea was that there will be public awareness. And w- with the public awareness, as I said, we target people that are gamblers and people that are not gambling, the society as large. So we have three programs that we run out of the National Bank a gambling program. Mm-hmm. We have a public awareness programs yeah. where we seek to alert uh, the audience about the dangers of gambling too much. Okay. Uh, so we have the media, we have uh, uh, advertising, we also go to schools, we go to you know the pension uh, uh, payout points, so we mm-hmm. can generally talk to the people about gambling. We also have, uh, we do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, the research then will tell us, you know, the prevalence, that is how many people are, are, are gambling 
and also we look at how many people are getting into trouble so that the uh, the assistance that we offer should be targeted to what our responses are saying. Uh, we also have a 24-hour counseling line. Uh-huh. This line is a line that gives support to uh, people that are addicted to gambling or who have problem with gambling. Uh, we give them information. Uh, we do assessment. And for those that need it, we also have a referral uh, where they can get a face-to-face uh, a counseling with a, prof- a counseling professional. Mm-hmm. Now, how big is the problem in South Africa? Do, can you give us an idea? Uh, we do. As I said, we do do research. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, 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 I'm going to give you the, the statistics of uh, two different periods. Mm-hmm. In 2008, mm-hmm. uh, our statistics showed that 3 to 4% of the people become uh, 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 addicted to gambling and maybe at this point I, may, I must make a distinction because there are people who have problem gambling but are not yet addicted mm-hmm. so the 2008 study showed that 3% of, of the gambling population by the way not, not, the, not the whole population of the country mm-hmm. the population that is involved in gambling 3% of them were getting addicted to gambling but with the program and educating people more and more, our report of 2011 showed that we, uh, it's actually un- under 1%, but we say it's 1% of a gambling population gets addicted to gambling. Now, what is interesting and, and also comforting is that this, is, this compares very well with uh, the, the, the statistics uh, in the UK and the USA significantly lower than what you're finding in, 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 in Asian countries. So that's what we're finding, and we will be conducting another uh, study this year to see where we are now in terms of people that are getting into trouble with gambling. I was going to say, is there any other organization similar to the NRGP anywhere in the world um, that's doing exactly the same work, or are we kind of all by ourselves? Uh, no, we're not all of ourselves. Uh, actually, t- for us to start this NRGP in South Africa, we had to go and look internationally to see how the programs are structured. Mm-hmm. So we use the American model, we use the Canadian model, and Australia. Uh, what is unique about our program is that in, in the countries that I've just mentioned, uh, awareness is, sits in one organization, Research is done by another one, mm. and of course the treatment is done differently. Now, in South Africa, we are unique in that all three programs are under one roof. That's the first thing that's very different about. Also, the other thing is in other countries, this, uh, they, 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 there are different kinds of organizations that, that run this. But in South Africa, uh, the Responsible Gambling Foundation is composed of the regulators and the uh, 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 operators. Mm-hmm. So you have a public-private partnership that is taking care of the responsible gambling in the country. That's fantastic because, you know, um, I'd, I'd imagine that there are different risks aligned to different styles of or, or platforms of gambling. For instance, some people gamble with the lotto, mm-hmm. some people gamble at slot machines, some ke- people play poker online. I see it's becoming very popular. So what are the most problematic opportunities, gambling opportunities, that we need to w- look out for? 
I must quickly say we, 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 there is an awareness that there, there is online gambling, but it is illegal in South Africa. Oh, so okay. anybody who participates in online gambling is uh, committing a criminal offence. I think it's That's important that we should know. warn the listeners about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the mode of gambling that is actually prevalent is the lotto. Mm. Uh, of the, I mean, the, the, the studies that we have done shows that, and, and by the way, this is true of uh, the, the international statistics. More than 50% of people that gamble, they tend to uh, to play the lotto. And I know people don't want to think about the lotto as gambling, but it is gambling <laughs> because you cannot uh, uh, determine the outcome. So lotto is number one, and after lotto you have, interestingly you'll find that the horses are second, oh and then goodness. the casinos are third in line. Uh, we have informal uh, gambling. I'm talking here now about the cards, the scratch cards, and the dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only now started to look at uh, uh, those modes of gambling to also to look at who does that gambling and where do they do that kind of gambling. And uh, the, the, we are getting, the, this is a research that we started this year. We are finding interesting statistics that people, uh, they, although I must say they are still lower than what you're finding with Lotto, those seated about 16, uh, below 15% uh, people are in, in informal gambling. These workshops that you're offering are targeting the youth. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, obviously the youth are not playing much on, on, on slot machines because I think ma- mostly they're not allowed in the, in the casinos and those kind of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they playing dice and doing the cards and, and, and those kinds of things. But do you think that's, that, that's where everyone begins to upgrade themselves to higher stakes, if you like? Uh, they, they, they create the, the platform for people to get into gambling going mm-hmm. forward. But I just want to quickly talk about the workshops themselves. Uh, we say youth, but you know, we define youth as uh, 15 to 35, to 35, isn't it? Like the youth league. Yes, like the <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Uh, so now we said youth, but I, I think it's, it's important that I clarify that they, they are targeting 20 to 35. Okay. And the way we structure these workshops is we're going to look at taking risks wisely. So we will talk about gambling, but we're also going to look at the general other areas of risk, such as, you know, uh, you know, drinking drugs. And uh, we, are, we are wanting to and hoping that by the time the audience, and I'll tell you, I'll soon tell you the venues where these workshops are going mm-hmm. to be. Uh, what we want them to work out with is, one, we want them to know what gambling is about. We want them to understand the work that we do as the NRGP. But we also want them to know that if they have problems with gambling or they know somebody who has a problem, they should know where to go. But also what, they, <clears throat> what we're going to be able to, to, pick, uh, to depict at the workshops is what does a, a, a gambling addict look like? Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody is a drug addict, you'll see that they they mm-hmm. act in a particular way. When somebody has a drinking problem, you can see. But if somebody has an, a, a, a a problem with gambling, there are no there are signs which I, I will talk about in a little while. But they are not very easy to to see. So that's what we are going to educate uh, uh, the youth as we define them about. But also, what we want to do is very often this is the age group that runs into trouble with money. 
So we have been, we, we've been able to get the national credit regulator and our national treasury. They will be able to share with the audience, you know, how to manage their risks, how to manage their credit and what else to do with their money. And uh, we're hoping that when they walk out of there, they will be understanding that. But we also have uh, some specials for them where they will be enthusiastic and know that they can do things that will help them want to choose wisely in terms of taking risks, but mm-hmm. also what else you can do with your life. People should not live their lives uh, in, a, in a desperate and an impressed way. The, I think, mm-hmm. Can I just quickly tell you where the workshops are going to be? Well, I was going to get there, but yeah. later, because okay. I see they're not all over the country. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to get there. But let's, okay. let's just go back to, to using money and money being a, a challenge and a problem. Because mm-hmm. the youth have, have got so many challenges, and they, I think they're all intertwined, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, as they grow up in, in, in the current state. But when they don't have money, there's the dangerous part of gambling, where they're gambling with their lives in the streets. Absolutely. You know, they drag racing, mm-hmm. they they skateboarding in traffic, mm-hmm. they play some kind of Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think the same people who are not even gambling with money but gambling with their lives can benefit from this program? Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole idea. We, 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 that's what I said. We'll just talk about risks in general. In general, because this is the age group where you know they have peer pressure, they want to stretch the boundaries. So we'll talk about you know how do you deal with, with people when are pressurizing you to make decisions that you don't wanna get into? Because you have to have a way of thinking about what you wanna be. We, actually, the workshop we're talking about uh, preserving your own future and your own legacy. So they will be able to get a whole lot out of this workshop. Okay. Now, you must tell us where these workshops are. These workshops, you asked me the question, uh, this is a pilot, and being a pilot, we're only going to do four this year. And uh, next year, we're looking at having them in all the nine provinces. But for now, the first one on the 24th of August is in Durban. Uh, We will be at the Olive Convention Center. And the second one is the 31st of August. This one will be at the Rustenburg City Hall. Mm-hmm. Because this is August, we are also hinging on the Women's Month. So the focus here will also will tend to have more women and focus on some of the challenges that women get into that got to get them into taking those risks. Because it's babies that you see outside casinos because they can't go into the casino. So moms take babies and leave them outside. Yes, yes. We have, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. And then the other two, one will be in Malaseni in Whitbank on the 7th of September. And the last one will be uh, uh, in, in Jack Blotter's Hall, the city hall in Polokwane. I am t- we are looking at having the fifth one in, in, in Gauteng because we just think this is an area that we also cannot neglect. Yes, and you must come to Cape Town. We will. <laughs> you must come to Cape Town because we all have those, those challenges. Absolutely. But how did you handpick those, those, um, those cities as, as the key ones to go to? Uh, uh, if, if, you, if you listen, I, I spoke about Mpumalanga, mm-hmm. I spoke about Limpopo and Northwest mm-hmm. and KZN. We, we, I mean, we wanted to do all of them, but we thought let's go to those provinces where, in terms of our program right now, as we speak, uh, Western Cape, Gauteng, and a little bit of KZN, they've had a, 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 a awareness. Mm-hmm. We've had several run several awareness programs, but these provinces they've not had that opportunity. So that's how they were chosen. Almost. Are you ever are you ever going to go to schools? I beg your pardon, I interrupted. Uh, oh no, yes, 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 yes. As we speak right now, 
we we have a program uh, that we are running in Gauteng. That's only because also the funding came from Gauteng, where we go to schools and we uh, uh, we, we 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 do programs around schools. But we are also we've also uh, done a lot of work, research, and come up with a program. We worked with the Department of Education, mm-hmm. where we will be teaching the children in school about gambling. But we're not going to say gambling. Once again, we're going to look at taking risks uh, wisely. So we'll, you know, teach them all about all the various uh, areas of risk and, you know, just help the children to make wise choices so that when we leave, you know that not only are you saying don't do this, but you tell them how else to make choices that will better their lives. So, yes, schools are quite critical. And who's presenting your workshops? Can you give us a background on your speakers? Or? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, in the various provinces, uh, the first speaker will be the, 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 the gambling board from the host province, mm-hmm. and I, as executive director, will talk about the workshops themselves, what we aim to do, and what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And I have a specialists from the National Responsible Gaming Program who will talk about the program, how they're structured, how people benefit from them. We also have a clinical psychologist and a psychiatrist mm-hmm. who will talk about the disease side of gambling. Well, it sounds, it sounds amazing because, you know, I, when you spoke about risk, I thought risk-taking, is, is it inherent in all of us? You know, isn't risk what we all have? And it depends. Are there different levels of, of taking risks, small risks and big risks, you know? You know, for children to develop, you do want them to take risks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and anybody, for that matter, you cannot develop if you don't take risks. But here's the point. We say take risks, but take risks wisely. Responsibly. Look at, responsibly, look at what would be the outcome if you do certain things in a particular way. So that's what we are trying to teach here with this workshop. Okay. Please give us your website where people can get more information. Uh, it's www.responsiblegambling.co.za. Responsible Gambling, pro- not, not Sorry, responsibleGamblingProgram.co.za. Well, Nana, thank you so much. It sounds amazing, and we hope to see you in Cape Town soon. Uh, you will. That's, uh, that's where our offices are, so you know. Oh, you are know. they? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, okay. offices in Cape Town, and, uh, of course, we are setting up uh, other offices in, in, in Johannesburg. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for talking to us, and good luck with the workshops. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, to the listeners for your time, and we're looking forward to talking to you again, Cheryl. Thank you. Okay. That was Nana Mahmoula, Executive Director of the South African Responsible Gambling Foundation, and they are running workshops in four as pilots, and it'll be coming near you soon. But if you want more information on the National Responsible Gambling Program, then you may contact Carol Knutzer in Cape Town, 021-426-1233, if you'd like more information on the workshop and wanting to know when it's coming to your area, then Ursula Johnson is the person to speak with on 011-462-1087, And remember, Nana talked to us about the gambling counseling line. If you want to know whether you have a problem and where you can get help, it's toll-free. Um, it's 0800-006-008, 0800-006-008, where you'll be assessed and referred for free treatment at one of the centers around the country.
My name is Ashraf Garda, and I'm one of the ambassadors of the Shake the World Millennium Bracelet Campaign, which aims to raise social awareness of the eight Millennium Development Goals set by the United Nations in the year 2000. Now, all the goals are equally important and interlinked. But the ones closest to my heart are Goal 2, which is Achieve Universal Primary Education, and Goal 4, which is Reduce Child Mortality. Education, as you know, empowers you, and it should give you economic freedom, which should then reduce the number of child deaths. Now, by wearing these colorful beaded bracelets, I'm pledging my support and commitment to helping my country achieve the MDGs through active citizenship. That's how I'm shaking the world. How do you shake the world? This is SAFM. On Saturday afternoons from 3 to 7 and Sunday afternoons from 4 to 6, keep up to date with all the latest sporting action. Live sports from Formula 1 to tennis to international golf. Right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM... Talking gambling, talking risks, talking addiction maybe, but is gambling such a big problem? Yes, Nana was telling us it is, otherwise they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't put these workshops together. But joining me on the phone is David Brixham. David is a chemical director of Twin Rivers, dealing with gamblers, among other things. David, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you, and you, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Is it such a big problem, David, gambling? It is definitely a big problem. Uh, there's a lot of uh, denial across the board. Um, alcohol is clearly the, the biggest problem, I think, uh, in this part of the world. And then right next door is probably the gambling itself, I would say. Uh, how prevalent is it, though? Is it, is it throughout the country? Because I was thinking possibly just big cities. But is it you sitting in Twin Rivers? Is yeah, it a problem no, there? I, I mean, even here, I suppose, and we're, just, we're in Plessenburg Bay here. You know, so Plessenburg Bay itself is fairly quiet, but like anywhere that has this sort of uh, amount of underground uh, places and where people can go and gamble and play cards. So it's not just about the big places like the Sun Cities, etc. Uh, there's also sort of smaller, ga- smaller scale uh, gambling going on as well. But it, it does come to a vast, it does involve a lot of people and it, it comes to a vast sum of money on a daily basis in South Africa, for sure. How do, are there telltale signs? Is there a way of knowing whether somebody is a habitual gambler and is getting into trouble? Um, you know, unlike Nana was saying, unlike drinking, you can tell when somebody is abusing alcohol or abusing drugs for that matter. But with gambling, it's, it's, it's not visible. I think it depends on whether, I know, how high a functioning or, or not the person is or maybe they have their own business. So you've got sort of more high-end and sort of a lower-end, you know. So you've got people that sort of uh, successful business people, but even those successful business people will be moving money around perhaps within their own business, which I have come across uh, with some of my clients. Um, and in the end, the business starts to dissolve or the partners within the business start to discover that money's missing. And these are the kind of people that gamble on vast scales, you know, thousands and thousands of rand, you know, and uh, anything from... I had one client who lost over 30 million rand, for example. Oops. You know, so I mean, you get other people who, who um, would uh, sell things, um, uh, you know, sell uh, articles from their home and steal in order to get money to be able to gamble. Yeah. Um, is, are those the, your kind of clientele that you see on a 
regular basis or do you see people across the board? I don't often see, you know, it's, honestly, it's still sort of quite uh, in the dark or quite quiet. You know, it's the same in the UK as well. The amount of clients that go into treatments purely for gambling is actually quite minimal. Some, but it's sometimes you'll get somebody that comes in for other, other alcohol or other drugs and they'll also do gambling. So to get a gambler in the purest sense is actually not that common. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that's going to uh, pick up and get, you know, it's getting worse and more people will eventually come to rehab because quite naturally people don't put gambling and rehab together. They mm-hmm. think that it sort of mixes like oil and water. Mm-hmm. I want you to stay on the line for me. We're taking, we're taking um, news headlines, David, so Certainly. please, please do, do stay on the line. And here's a yeah, serious sure. cycle with news headlines. Thank you so much. Um, Uthile, it's, it, we're talking with chemical director of Twin Rivers, and we're talking about gambling as a, a problem, uh, mm. and David is on the line. What's a chemical director, David? Chemical director. I'm in charge of the, uh, the program here at Twin Rivers and program development and overseeing the whole program, including the medical and psychological side. Oh, okay. Now, you, you deal with mainly adults, I take it. Yes, 18 years and upwards, yes. Okay, so you, you, you never deal with youth at all? It's funny you should say, well, it's not funny, but it's interesting that you say that because I keep getting um, inquiries for uh, people of that age, and unfortunately there's very, very few places in South Africa that are, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, that are available for people of that age. Um, I know that I think the, the Department of Social Development are going through a change of remit in regards to the criteria for having a place like this, but there's very, very few places, just one in Cape Town that I'm aware of, which Mm -hmm. is completely full and has a waiting list, but very few places that can deal with people of this age. It's really quite quite bad. I'm seriously thinking of actually trying to open one myself. I was going to say, how do we encourage you to do that? Because clearly there's a problem. Absolutely. Well, it's a little bit different to running a place 18 and over, so you have to have a certain staffing and a different staffing and a different program and a slightly different setup, which, yes, is, is possible, and it's something I'm looking at into doing because there is a, a big uh, a niche market for that, and there's a lot of uh, troubled teenagers who really don't have any quality treatment places to go to. It really is quite bad. How do we stay away from being your patients? Oh, my goodness. There's a $64,000 question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Why can you ask me something harder? Um, <laughs> Well, you know, I think it's a lot about family, of course, and in regards of how the person's motivated to do and what they need to do on a daily basis. But I think you'll find at the end of the day it's about family. And if a person has family problems and not getting on with family or they're not particularly uh, um, attached to particularly healthy friends, then they need to review their life uh, direction and, and change a number of things. Is I guess, you know, just a way of looking at it. But... Uh, there's a lot of things that needs to be done in order for people to not to come here in regards of, um, you know, I suppose, uh, pre-education, uh, which, again, I think is sort of quite thin on the ground in schools, mm. something that we're often offering, but don't, people don't often take it up. You know, so there's generally across the board quite a lot of denial in regards to the, you know, the problem. Say South Africa has the biggest alcohol problem in the world, you know, so per capita. So, yeah, it's, for example... We actually do have a, 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 a sex society. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's, from the point of view, who's worse, the alcoholics or the people who deny that it exists? Well, generally, uh, it's, generally, it's, if, it's if we all participate or using something somewhere, somehow, to deal yeah. with our daily lives. Absolutely. I mean, if it's not a chemical, then it can go into other areas such as work, uh, such as codependency, so excessive uh, need to be around another person or people. I agree with you. I mean, to be a more independent person is quite problematic, and there's a number of reasons for that. And, you know, the media has a big part to play, of course, uh, in regards of uh, how it displays how life should be and how we should look and what we should eat, etc., mm. etc., et you know, so... The pressure is constant right from the time that we can uh, see to the time that we can read to uh, and the environments we're around. So each and every person, regardless of generation or certainly the more the newer generation, are under immense pressure uh, to to be more sort of high performing, which is so to speak, you know, which is obviously very pressuring, pressuring, pressurizing. Yeah. I think we should all have a breathing session every morning on television um, and radio. Absolutely, Tai Chi or something, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come and visit you at Twin River. Uh, they're welcome to do that any time. Blattenberg Bay is one of the most beautiful places along the garden route, so that's why this is, it is quite popular in that regard. And uh, the amount of inquiries I get on a daily basis has really gone up, but I say it's, it's a shame I can't help more of the youngsters, but uh, I, say, I think a colleague of mine and I are going to be working on that and see if we can't create something for the younger folk as well. Okay, before I let you go, just give us a very serious rundown of when we should worry that somebody is gambling more than they ought to be or they are in trouble. Telltale signs, yes, you said maybe when they have a company, money is disappearing, but what are quick things that we need to look out for? I think when it comes to any addiction, really, we're talking about the secretive behavior. Okay. So the person has become withdrawn, secretive, maybe acting in a strange way, um, I mean, the key thing with gambling, of course, is borrowing and getting into debt is going to be quite big mm-hmm. and trying to keep that quiet. So they, they do a lot of plate spinning and trying to hide everything and trying to stay a step ahead of everybody and trying to paint a picture that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But I would suggest that secretive behavior, the person who is acting in a sort of, in a rather strange way, then you can be pretty sure that there's probably some kind of an addiction that's starting to take place or, you know, and it's getting, it's getting, it's getting worse. So, yeah, the family heirlooms start to go missing and work, and they maybe start losing jobs, that kind of thing. Well, are you going to give us your number, or are you on a website or something, where we can find you and call you yeah, when we, we need can... help? Certainly. I'll happily give you my number, which is uh, 0828 Okay. And, and there is a there is a website as well which comes under Twin Rivers Rehab. Twin Rivers Rehab. Rehab. Yeah, www.twinriversrehab.co.za. Are you expensive? A lot of them are. They are. I mean, I think some of them go a bit too far, and they only go for a certain market. Uh, I've been open just coming. I'm coming into our third year. I've been doing this for 18 years, but this is the third year of having my own place, and we've managed to keep the fees the same since we've opened. So I'm quite proud of that making it more open to uh, people to being able to come to the centre. So our prices are very reasonable, and of course we accept medical aid, which is also a big help for some people who can who have medical aid and can, and can use their, uh, and, and we can accept payments from them, yes. And what's, what's the shortest time in your rehab for, for, for positive results? 
Look, people do come for 28 days, which isn't ideal, but at least it's an introduction to what they need to do when they go back home. But preferably, especially where, you know, any kind of addiction is involved and they've been in treatment for the first time, we do prefer a commitment of three months. Three months? Yes. But not yes. guaranteed foolproof uh, healed or... Well, you know, it depends from person to person. Some people are more motivated than others. Some people pick up the new information quicker than others. You know, so it does vary. But I've been around long enough to see that uh, you can see somebody sort of dragging their way through and seemingly not do much and go on and go out and do wonderful things. And there's others that are seemingly doing everything and writing everything down and being fastidious and yet go out and, and relapse. So there's no clear direct path for any person. You're never quite sure what ducks need to be in a row in order for that person to get better. But I have a lot of people that call me and emails and Facebook messages of ex-clients whose lives have changed. Your line is getting bad, but I've got one last question for you. Should family sure. also participate in the process? Yes, as much as possible. It's not always possible because, unfortunately, for some people, family is the biggest problem. Um, you know, so, uh, but we try and involve family as much as possible. So it gives everybody a chance to to heal and to and to get better and to get educated about uh, about the situation as a whole unit. Yes, David, thank you so much for joining us and let us know when you open that centre for young people. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank Take you care. very much. Have a good day. You bye too. Bye bye. Well, there we have it. Um, if you do want to call or contact Twin Rivers. Um, Twin Rivers Rehab, then 0828, they're on the website, www.twinriversrehab, or 0828-633-159. It's David Bricksham, and it sounds like they may want to help young people as well, and I think we must connect Nana to David, and and, and let's see what happens around the country. We're going to take a little break, and of course have some music by Vusi Matlasela.
the UN law and the passport controls for countries that don't exist. It's the big world, they have their own problems everywhere. And there's gold in that clenched fist. People ask me where I'm from, I say, Mother Lord, township. In a city called Tony, meaning we are the same. I have a friend who is a great musician and is from nearby. Near King Williamstown, you know where Stephen Coors was. You might have heard or seen a film about Africa. You know it's a big continent with a great gift of beauty. I may be walking in the streets. For the city called London By the dust of my boots And the rhythm of my feet and my arms Say Africa I may be walking in the streets Of the city called Amsterdam By the dust of my boots And the rhythm of my feet and my arms Say Africa Say Africa Say Africa Otherwise, then it's now time for our storytelling. <laughs> 